You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello, and welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 71. And you say, what? That's not Mark's voice again this week. Well, that's because our friend Mark uh, and my podcast cohort and partner in crime is still playing on the sickness merry-go-round. He had gotten better from last week with the man, the week before last with the Mankini episode of wearing it out there in Australia on uh, in the middle of winter, and then after he got over that sickness, the poor fellow lost his voice, and then he and I were supposed to record the show last night, and he woke up with the flu, so he's still kind of under the weather. So we're going to soldier on without him. I do want to apologize to the listeners for the show being a little late in coming. We're almost a week behind, but we've had a concophony of errors. I think that's the appropriate word as we've gone through here. Um, Since Mark wasn't going to be able to record, I I give a shout out to Glenn Kunstler, who was going to jump in and record, and we'd actually planned to record the show, uh, it was a week ago, or not a week ago, but last Thursday, which would have been 22nd, 21st. 20th the uh, 19th and I had a severe storm just 20 minutes before we were due to record come through and knocked out power and everything so no power no computer no internet so then we tried then we decided to wait a couple days and just shortly before we were supposed to record this past Saturday on the 21st Glenn had an internet outage so it just didn't work out so uh, Mark and I set to, were set to record, and then uh, he got sick. So we had to reach out to an old friend of the show and somebody that's a frequent commenter and uh, very willing to help me out in a pinch. We have back with us this episode, as last episode, uh, Mike McPeak. Mike, welcome back to the show. Yeah, uh, watch that old remark here. We're going to start setting a precedent here pretty soon. Because I think, wasn't the last show old farts? Yes, that was the show, and we might do old farts continued tonight. So, old old parts part do or something here, or old farts still passing gas. So whatever <laughs> you want to call it, you know, it's whatever works for people. So what have you been up to the last week or so, my friend? Not a lot. Um, I guess I didn't mention on the the previous show, but um, in real life here, I'm a high school custodian. So right now we're on our kind of push. Um, this week we're gonna our bi- last big project to do is to get the halls and the commons waxed. So that's a lot of a lot of scrubbing and stuff there. But uh, this year we made it easier. We got a new machine for doing the floors. I don't know if anybody's ever you know watched people do tile floors, but we have what we call a swing machine. You put the water on the floor and you run it back and forth. That's what we've done in the past. And then you got to suck up the water and you got to do a lot of work. This year we got a new machine in one pass. It's got a square pad and like an orbital sander. Uh, special pad you put on there and you use just plain water and you can just walk up and down the hall and it does everything in one pass. So we've cut our time by about a fourth, um, half to a fourth for getting stuff done. So uh, that's our last big project that we need to get done. And um, uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll get the floor scrubbed and it takes us about one good day of waxing because um, I never figured out how many square feet it is. But it takes us an hour just to go from one end of the building to the other and spread the wax all in one shot. And we've got to do that about three times. We've got to wait for it to dry. So we set aside one good day just to do that and, and then just walk around and shoot anybody that wants to walk across our wax floor. We're, we're a little militant about footprints in the wax. So. Uh, that I can understand. Well, now let <laughs> me ask you a question. Uh, 
you all don't have those types of waxers that you see a lot of times that people get on and ride, do you? The ones that spin around in circles and stuff? Oh, we've got one of those. You could do that. That's the old one that we retired. Yeah, the machine that you get on there. Yeah, if you aren't used to it, the first time you run it, it'll move you around. And it's really bad when we have to... Normally, we'll just scrub a floor really good, but uh, like every five or six years, we'll strip a floor. you got to put like a caustic uh, material down that kind of melts the wax, and you got to scrub it with an abrasive pad to get it off, and you suck it up. And that gets really kind of slippery and snotty, and then you really have to walk. Um, I, you end up doing what I call the slippery foot shuffle across this. You, just, you don't walk so much. You just kind of slide your feet across it, because otherwise you can lose your balance and fall in that stuff. Nobody wants a burning butt uh, when you fall in that stuff because it, it is caustic it will you know do nasty things to your skin so you walk really careful <laughs> i bet you do no i just didn't know whether you had the waxing rodeo in the uh, dur- in the school during the days when you all were doing that or if uh, you were gentle and just left things well enough alone well, we usually leave it well. Actually, by the time we're done, before by the time we were doing done doing uh, getting that scrub, because it'd take us like a good uh, two or three uh, twelve-hour days to get it scrubbed normally. We'd be kind of cranky, and we were just to the point we want to get it done. Uh, where fun has kind of gone out the window a while ago. It's kind of like let's get this done before we either yell at each other or kill each other or something. So. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, then it's hot this time of year too. So then. Uh, um, you know, you're sweating bullets. Uh, it's partially air conditioned in the school, but not fully. So, yeah, it gets by the time you're to that point, everyone's just getting a little testy. So, we're going to get that done this week. And then next week, I took off for vacation. Nothing terribly important planned, but I hear this rumor that uh, Mountain Lion is uh, being released tomorrow. So, I think uh, uh, Friday I'll have uh, will be my first day off, and I have like a full week to mess with things. So, Maybe at some point I'll install that because I'm going straight from Snow Leopard to Mountain Lion. Yeah, you didn't even come over to Lion with the rest of us. How cheesy. I'm a chicken. Well, not chicken so much, but first of all, I never had a compelling reason up until recently with uh, TweetBot being released for Mac and a few other things that was uh, um, Mountain Lion, uh, yeah, Mountain Lion related. Um, I just kind of held off on, uh, or lion related, I guess some of it was. I just kind of held off, and I didn't have any really compelling reason. And, and when lion first came out, there was a few people that was uh, having issues to one degree or another. So I thought, you know, I'll just wait. And then I was thinking about it, and uh, oh, the winter sometime. Then they started talking about. Well, then you woke up that one morning. The only rumor that Apple never uh, had uh, released beforehand, woke up one morning, oh, we're going to release Mountain Lion in June. I thought, well, heck, I can wait that long. So yeah, I'm just, I just waited. So. And, you know, they dropped the price of 20 bucks. So, yeah, I can pry up my wallet, and I'll shell out 20 bucks and get it on there and be up to date. Well, you know, I think I'm going to, uh, and we don't want to go too far down the Mac, uh, the Mac side of things. I mean, it's no secret that we, we have a preference. Uh, Mark and I have made that no secret. We have a preference for Macs, and I know you're the same way as Mark and I are. Um, or is, or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> I know that, uh, uh, I think I'm going to put it in a virtual machine still for a while when I fire it up. I, I've got, uh, I may or may not have a version of it running now. I, I can't really say, but, um, it's, it's, I think I'm going to run it in a VM for a while and test some of my applications because I'm becoming a little more, uh, I guess you can call it podcasting work because it sure seems like it. Um, but it's fun work. Um, 
it, I'm a little more reliant on my machine. So the last thing I want to do is go mucking around with my machine and having some software not work or something like that. I'm always kind of brave, and I'll just jump right in, and and um, I'll just and I think I might. Some people go the new compave. I think I might just go the update route and see what happens because my Mac's only a little over a year old, and I haven't put a lot of. Um, stuff on there yet so but I think I might do that but I've always been kind of that uh, foolhardy type uh, I I cheesed my wife off one time because I decided I was going to install Linux on the computer that we shared and I accidentally erased the uh, Windows partition on there and she lost all her emails not a happy wife so <laughs> stupid things well you know what they say happy wife happy life yeah uh, basically, or you know, if you're not getting your butt chewed, everything's you know hunky dory. Then, you know, it's funny. I've been playing with uh, recently with some different uh, versions of Linux, and I found one that I really want to try. You and I were having the conversation the other night uh, in the chat room. Uh, I was talking about I want to. I found a guy that's selling a uh, Dell Mini Ten. I think it is. Okay, that's what I have back here. Yeah, it's it's always the one I hear good things about of all. I mean, I used to have a netbook and it was an okay, it was an HP I can't remember what the hell it was now. But it was a decent little machine um and I liked it. But uh I think uh and I sold it cuz I I just wasn't using it. But I can get this one cheap enough. I might build a Linux machine to carry around with me. And it, interestingly enough, I came across I believe it's called MacBuntu. It's a distribution which looks a lot like a Mac running Linux. Um, I think I've probably seen that one. Yeah, they, they skinned it so it looks like a, um, like a Mac with yeah. a dock and uh, icons to match. It won't, it, won't be, it won't be the Mac operating system, but it looks like a Mac, so you feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Yeah. I know when I, I did have a, a Mac skin running on... Uh, top of some distro of Linux a couple years ago. I don't even remember what it was. But that was cool. But I always like, that's one of the advantages of running virtual machines. You can play around with it. If you get tired of it, you just delete the file and it's all gone. So you're good. I don't know. I've never really gotten into virtual machines. Um, I don't know. I've got VirtualBox on here. Um, and I should maybe just try some of that stuff a little bit more, but uh, to me it just doesn't quite seem like a real installation. Like, you know, like I say, you can throw it away, and it just seems a little disposable at that point. But um, the one problem, uh, there, there's several flavors of that Dell Mini. Uh, personally, I have to kind of watch it. They finally, with the, this last release of like Ubuntu, they finally got it easier for me to install it on there because the original Dell 10 had an Intel GMA 500 uh, graphic chipset in there, and that had proprietary software, and it's only recently that they've just put it into the kernel so you don't have to go out, find um, drivers for it and install it and go through the hoops and to make that one work. Uh, but even with Ubuntu, it was a little funky. I had to do kind of a song and dance to get it to work because the graphics were a little skewed on it, but uh, other than that, it's not a bad thing. I just kind of want to get back to using because I got that before I got my MacBook, and it is a nice size to throw on there. And if you and with a keyboard, if you want to type in things, um, and I just just kind of and I I don't like getting rid of my old tech. I kind of like to hang on to it for longer than it needs to be. Um, 
And I just kind of want to get that one back up and running and use it for something again. Kind of like my Arcos that uh, you guys mentioned a couple shows ago when I left those comments. Um, I got that here, and I'm trying to figure out something to do with it. It still plays video and shows pictures and everything, but now that I got my iPod and my Android tablet, I don't use it so much. I'm just trying to force myself to find a use for it. Well, I have a slightly ulterior motive, too, because I have, I have an older uh, MacBook Air. Um, it's not quite the original, I don't think. It was the next release, but it's not, it's nowhere near the, the it's the previous style. I think it's a 2008. With the spinning hard drive in it? Before yeah, it's, the... yeah, it's still spinning. Um, and it's a nice little machine. It's the one I take with me when I travel. It's still lightweight, thin, doesn't take up much space. Um, but it's also one of the ones that, I'll have to double check, but I think it's going to be abandoned after Lion will be the last OS that will run on it. So I won't be able to put Mountain Lion on it. So I'll put Lion on it. Lion will still be supported for however long they support it. And I'll run it. And then I think, as I say, my ulterior motive is I'll probably do as uh, Nightwise does. And I'll probably put a flavor of Linux on it. Because the machine actually runs pretty good. It's got a decent cpu in it i just i hate to get rid of it and it's a nice little machine but well, i but i love mac so much i really don't want to dirty it up with a copy of windows or anything well yeah well it's kind of like you know talking about old tech i got a, a g4 mac uh actually it started in my son's room because that's kind of the computer warehouse over there he hangs on the stuff for me but i got it over there and there's one that i bought mm, Four, I forget how long ago, four or five years ago, I suppose. And I bought it from one of the, um, uh, the high school kid, uh, you know, tech nerd, set up a computer shop. And, uh, and we hung out over there. I mean, I was like 45 and he was 18. But, you know, we still hung out together because we could, you know, we talked the same language. And he t- I had an old uh, G4 Mac around there that he sold me for 50 bucks. And originally it had the, uh, it was the... Uh, was it the Sawtooth? No, it doesn't seem right. It was one of the, because they, they went by names for all those different ones. And uh, it had, the, I think, a 400 uh, megahertz processor in it. Well, I went to uh, um, Otherworld Computing and got a, uh, was it a 2 gigahertz processor? Put in the, I was debating between going with a dual 1.6 or a two single core 2 gigahertz. I went with the 2 gigahertz. Maybe I should have went with the dual processor. But I put that in there and I, you know, souped it up and probably put more money into it than what it was actually worth. <laughs> I was having fun with it and I still have it over there and I would like to do something with it, but, you know, the best that'll run is um, Leopard. Yeah, it won't run Snow Lion because that's when they made the switch to only Intel. So I think it'll only run Leopard. Uh, and, you know, so that's an outdated one, and I just don't know what to do with it. And I think I did get bored once, and I put uh, version of Linux on that thing, but then after I got it done, it's kind of like, okay, what do I do with it now? So, you know, it's just sitting over there, and I don't want to part with it. And I do like that case. Uh, I mean, uh, those are some of the neat cases. You grab a little ring on the side of the box there, and you can lay the side down, and you get to everything. You could be in there in 10 seconds or less. And everything was there, and just you know plug in memory chips you could plug in a card and and i just love the case um and i tried to talk my son into uh he's the computer hardware guy i had tried to talk him into um um 
seeing if he could put a different board in there and maybe I could make a Hackintosh out of it, but the holes just didn't line up, so we just kind of gave up on that idea. Well, that's what they make drills for. You just get a nice big drill. Cases, but we just didn't quite want to. I think it was the fact that we couldn't fit a power supply. They have to put a different power supply in there and trying to get it all to fit in the case. I just don't think it was going to work, and we didn't quite want to go down, get that heavy-duty about it. So we just kind of went, yeah, okay. Uh, that's going to be minus one-half geek point, I'm afraid, then. That's <laughs> what happens. Yep. So... Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was, uh, since we're a little past 18 years old, you and I both, I thought it you know, might, might be interesting for us to talk about the, uh, kind of, and we've already been talking about it a little bit, the, the kind of tech and stuff that us older geeks, past 18, <laughs> like to use, and what we the, find the most interesting. The bifocal generation, I've crossed over that line. I've wore contacts for a while and reading glasses, but it just got to the point well, I just made the switch to bifocals. So yeah, I'm kind of, and sometimes I end up having to pivot my head around because I don't know where to look yet with the bifocals. But yeah, so we're of that generation where, uh, yeah, we're getting a little older and we have to kind of think a little differently about some of this stuff. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I found that I really like um, and I don't know it necessarily applies to, to older people, but I love these new LED flashlights that are coming out. They are so freaking bright and make it so easy for you to see. And not only the flashlights, but I know some of the original book lights you used to get, the little the book light brand that had the bulb in it. I couldn't half see the damn page to try to read a book with one of those things. But these LED lights that they now have in the book lights, you can really see well. I think they're they're great. I love them. I love them too. I carry uh, one around in my pocket at work. There, it's a, you know, um, oh, about the size of half a hot dog or whatever. And you stick like three AAA batteries in there. So if you have to look in that corner at something to see what's going, I just reach in my pocket, pull it out, turn it on, and you know, uh, it makes it real handy for you know trying to see in the corner there. So I just uh, as in my uh, my belt, as I like to call it, for walking around the school. I just have one of those handy for looking at. Yeah, so that's one of those great things. The LEDs have gotten really good and, uh, and like you say, bright. Uh, they, they throw out a pretty good beam. Yeah, I've got a little flashlight. When we lost power, uh, as I said, during that storm, uh, I have a little LED flashlight that I keep here on my desk because it's kind of dark under my desk, so if I drop something, yeah, maybe it's a sign of age, too. Even with the ceiling lights on, I can't freaking see under the desk. So I get the flashlight out and I shine it under there, but it was it was bright enough that I turned it on and turned it upside down and set it in one of the coffee cups sitting here on my desk, and pointed it up at the white ceiling here in the uh, in my office, and it lit the room up. You know, there was no power, but I had pretty good light down here. Well, yeah, and those ones are small enough that you can. Um you can stick them in your, your mouth if you're working inside a computer there and you're trying to see where to make sure you got your memory chip uh, lined up right to go into the slot. It'll work good for that, uh, or you can maybe prop it up against something. And actually, one that I have um, uh, over there, it's, um, it's kind of a modified thing. It's three LED flashlights that uh, slide down into a holder so it looks like a big, uh, big old flashlight. Um, but then those heads pivot, so then you can uh, aim the light, and it's got a tripod to hold it up. 
and you can uh, you can aim aim it in different directions. Not going to be good for the audio people here, but you got uh, three uh, lights that you can move around here, and a tripod that you can hit a button so you can set it set it on the floor, and you can aim lights at wherever you need the lights. And so back in the uh, the old days, when you had like your C and D cell batteries with the big old honk, you know, you know, that was what they usually used in the old crime movies to whack somebody over the head to knock them out with. <laughs> yeah. These big old flashlights. Now you look at what you got here, and each one of these is an individual flashlight, so it'll pop out. So you can have three flashlights that bend, and then you put them in this holder here, and then you have three flashlights that all work together. And it's just, each one has... Uh, three AAA batteries to it, so it's, it, it does take you a while to charge up all those batteries, but yeah, I mean, that is just, uh, you know, maybe that's not older tech, but that's just handy tech, because when you're, uh, you know, I uh, work on things, or like you get got to get under your uh, computer desk to plug in a cable or reroute something, or you're redoing your setup, and you got to see what you're doing. It is nice just to be able to set something down there and shine the light where you need it. Yeah. You know, uh, you'll, you, we'll see if we can find a link to that and put it in the show notes for the listeners so they can see what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, that's handy. You know what's really handy for that is, and I again, maybe not an older geeks thing, is uh, I have one of those hats. It has the LEDs in the brim of the hat. So you turn that on, and no matter where you look, you have light. Yeah, one of the uh, other custodian at the high school there, Hunts, and he has, yeah, I think it was uh, built uh, yeah, on his... Uh, on his um, baseball cap type thing that it had LEDs on it, and yeah, wherever you looked, you could uh, you'd have your light. Uh, so if you were like in a duck blind or something, you needed to see, you could hit the little uh, button on your bill there and turn the lights on and be able to look around and uh, and you'd have light all the time. Or if you're working on a piece of equipment and um, yeah, you, wherever you looked, you had lights. That would be real handy. Yeah, the one I have, the lights are actually in the brim. When they're off, they're kind of hard to see, but they're built right into the the edge of the brim of the hat. Now all you need is one of the can holders on either side, and you got it made there. That's right. I got a drinking and seeing hat. If you get enough beers, you won't worry about seeing too much. I won't be able to see too much. <laughs> um, I tell you something else I found that's really handy as I've gotten uh, past my 18th birthday um, is a magnifying glass. Now that's old technology. But it works great for old people. I love to have a big magnifying glass around because I swear between, I guess, my eyes and the light, some of the printing they'll put on the back of, uh, you know, wall warts, um, especially if it's stamped into the plastic or things like that, or where you have to put batteries into something, that can be really, really tough to see. Yeah. And I've kind of reached that point. Like, see, when I had my contacts, uh, when I was wearing contacts and then reading glasses, the contacts, I was getting to the point where my arms were not getting quite long enough so that (laughs) I could read. But then if I was, like, reading and watching television, I was sitting there either looking over the top of my glasses or lifting them up or something. Or if I would just put my regular glasses on, um, I would have to lift them up because they weren't bifocals at that point. So I'd have to lift them up so I could read something and then put them back down so I could see the television. It was just driving me up the wall. So I said, Let, that's why I made the switch to, to contacts. But yeah, like you say, with the uh, 
the way they do things. Actually, I'm beginning to think that Sadism 101 is a required course for engineers and probably product designers. Because I was trying to read, somebody had this really bright idea that silver printing on a white background would look really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. my Lord. That was one of those things that somebody should have just been drug out in the street and shot. That was just stupid. And even with good eyes, you're kind of sitting there twisting and turning, getting the light just right so it'll shine off the printing just at the appropriate angle so you can make out something. And I was not happy. And it was on a small, it was small print, too. Um, and so, yeah, it, some of that stuff, like you say, it's terrible. It's small print or the imprinting, like uh, for trying to get batteries in there, and you got to hold it up to the light, and like you say, get the reflection just right so you see what you're doing. Um, yeah, so I uh, magnifying uh, um, apparatus of some sort, and I think you get a magnifying app for like your iPhone, can't you? That you uh, it just uses the camera and it'll make it bigger. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, the greatest thing in the world is pinch to zoom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you just pinch to zoom. Yeah. You don't, don't phone. You just sit there and you move your fingers and things get closer and farther away. But, you know, we'll leave that for our trick future. That's, uh, that's what drives me crazy when I'm at work and I have to use Windows. And I'm sitting there going, that's kind of small. And I'm sitting there pinching or, or flicking my fingers on the mouse. And I'm going, ah, oh, crap, it ain't going to work. So... There's some of those things that you you know yeah you've just become used to and I um, am in Mac most of the times but I do go to Windows once in a while and yeah, I do miss some of the the nice features of Mac and at some point I'm thinking about getting a uh, the uh, Magic Trackpad or I think it was um, um, shoot I can't think of the guy that does Windows Weekly uh, Paul Thorat yes he came up with the name the Tragic Mac Pad but um, uh, I, I want to get one of those to put there so because I do have the trackpad on my laptop here. But for me, I sit here in a chair with armrests on it. So and, uh, I have uh, to reach over here to the center of my uh, laptop to be doing this stuff just doesn't seem natural. So I actually have a trackball over here. Um, I don't like mice that well. Because you got to sit there and move it around. With a trackball, you can just rest your hand there, take your thumb, and roll the trackball around. And, you know, maybe, you know, that would be kind of the older tech thing because, you know, as you get older, uh, repetitive tr uh, stress uh, syndrome uh, starts to kick in and you need to find better ways to, you know, start computing. And that's why I like the trackball because then I can just rest my hand and it's, uh, this is a Logitech um, track wheel and so it's just your thumb that moves it and then you've got a a track uh, or a scroll scrolling wheel here and then your buttons up there that you can use with your index and your your middle finger so i find that a lot easier and a lot less stress on my hand just to be using something like that that's a good idea you know i've said it before, i've said it on other shows and i'll say it here again uh when i took off i was fortunate enough to be able to take almost two weeks off this past christmas and take a vacation spend some time with the family um, and it was very nice, you know, what any for two weeks solid, all the computing I did was on the Macintosh platform. And then I go back to work after the holiday break, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm getting madder and madder. And they, one of the guys that works with me said, what's wrong? I said, I can't do this. I'm sitting there on the mouse, on the Dell mouse that I have that goes with my windows machine at work, pinching, zoom it, nothing's working. 
my you know i just keep doing it i'm brushing the thing you know like i'm on my trackpad and it's just that's a sign of old age i guess when you can't remember where the hell you are and uh, what the hell computer system you're on well no i think in your defense it's just ingrained muscle memory urge uh, <laughs> so well we'll go with a little bit of being over 18 on that one too okay we'll go with that one but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When you, yeah, when you do have to go from one platform to the other, the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is "it hurts." It hurts trying to uh, go to a system that you're just not really enamored with. Well, I think uh, our mutual friend Allison Sheridan said it best one time when she described Windows as having to use Windows all day is kind of like somebody constantly poking you in the arm all the time. They won't stop. Or something similar to uh, Leonard, Leonard, yeah, that kind of thing all day long would drive a person a little, little nutty. Yeah, that's uh, for the listeners that don't understand Mike's reference. That's a reference to this show's favorite television show, The Big Bang Theory. Yes, um, you know I look at that, and sometimes I go, sometimes I'm Sheldon, sometimes I'm Leonard, um, and sometimes my wife will get really kind of. Um, no, she's more like uh, Sheldon some days because um, she'll just get locked in this. You know how he's like, well, I can't have French toast. It's not Tuesday, uh, whichever day I like his French. And sometimes I'll look at her and, and go and tell her, quit being so Sheldon because she gets locked into this mindset that it has to be this way. And it's just like, just lighten up a little bit and let's do it a little bit differently here. Um, <laughs> So I'm not locked into the nerd, you know, mindset or the real ultra nerd mindset that things have to be a specific way. I can roll with the punches, but I do realize I do drive my family a little bit crazy, and sometimes I just do it on purpose. But it's kind of like, you know, when I'm putting stuff on, I put the ketchup on first and then the mustard because it's ketchup and mustard. It's not mustard and ketchup. Same way with uh, it's salt and pepper, not pepper and salt. The salt's got to go on first. And like I say, some, I do that, but sometimes I just do it too irritating, but sometimes it's just the natural way that things have to. So I do have a few Sheldon, Sheldon-isms myself. Well, I, I can't say that I don't either. I mean, uh, we had the discussion the over and under discussion on this show of a few episodes back, you know, all the toilet paper has to unroll over the top. Paper towels have to come over the top. I have engineering principles and some equations I've developed that will tell you why that has to be done. And I will stick to that to the day they plant me in the ground. Well, I just like it because it's easier to find the sheet because if it's hanging over the top, you can see if it's tucked back behind it. you got to go feeling for it. And when you need it, you don't want to go on a hunting expedition for this stuff. You want it, and you want it now. Well, and and for our listeners, we've made it almost 30 minutes into the show before the topic of toilets made it into the show this week. So this may be a new record for Geekiest Show ever. I'm not sure. I New record would be if somehow we didn't touch on it, but I think that's genetically impossible. I think we're just pooping our DNA somewhere. It's the only way I can explain it. So yeah, there's something wrong with our end of the gene pool. I, I think that's the problem. We need a filter. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so what other tech do you find useful as uh, you have passed your 18th birthday? Oh, let's see. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of embrace what comes along. I, um, like I said, the biggest thing for me in the last few years has just been my vision getting a little weird. But, um, well, memory, uh, um, 
I've always had a decent memory. It, it's a weird memory, kind of a Swiss cheese memory. I kind of like that one from that uh, show, Quantum Leap, where you can remember some things really well and other things you just completely forget. Um, so maybe one thing, uh, especially with my iPod that I kind of use as a uh, personal assistant for helping remember things, just lists, especially like up there at school when we have projects that we need to do. It's just kind of nice to have a list um, to be able to check things off and you get them done and not try to have to remember them all. Or um, Those things I could probably remember, but to try and go down, if I'm sitting there at the school and we need to run down to the hardware store to get parts, I can probably forget most of what I needed by the time I get down to the hardware store. So I just pull out the touch and I have like a list maker or something like that that I put this stuff down on. So, uh, um, you know, list managers or uh, checklist programs or something, I kind of have a soft spot for productivity software anyway, anything that helps me, you know, make lists, organize things. Not, I have them, but to use them is a whole nother thing. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like collect them. I don't necessarily, I kind of have to get myself into the habit of using them, but I've got a bunch of them, so. Well, you know, the, you talk about your, uh, using your iPod that way. My, my iPhone, uh, was the greatest boon to me to being an external memory source, we'll say with that. Besides the gigabytes, as anybody that's ever heard me talk will know that I carry around in thumb drives with me all the time. And yes, folks, before you write and tell us, I do have an addiction to thumb drives. I can never get too many thumb drives. There is rarely a month that goes by that I don't buy a thumb drive. I have bags of thumb drives here in my desk drawer it's either the way they look or it's a good deal on the size but i've always got thumb drives I always have thumb drives that's one version of external memory my iphone has been the other big boon there in that um i started out being really good using the notes application typing up my little notes in there you know when i was someplace and needed to remember something well that didn't work very good because then i forgot i put the notes in so that wasn't working out too well but I have solved the problem completely. I take pictures of everything I need to remember. I take pictures of lists I write down on pieces of paper so I remember them. I have a, the menu for the favorite Chinese restaurant that we love to order from, and I sometimes stop on the way home to pick it up. I have pictures of the menu in my phone. I go to the store. I see something I want to remember to tell my wife. I take pictures of it and say, this, this, honey. Me want this. Me want this. You know, that type of thing. It's just... It's totally useless. That's the best thing for being assistive memory. And that's a piece of technology that any old fart can't live without. Well, as far as the menu goes, um, I, I've taken a picture of uh, the menu here from the places that do takeout. So then that way we can all sit down here at home and um, we can say, okay, what do you want? And we can figure out what we want, call in the order, and then we can run down and pick it up. Because then we don't have to try and sit there and remember what's on the menu. So I actually do have... Uh, uh, one of the, the takeout menus uh, uh, for one of the places in town. So that's not that unusual. And then um, one thing that I usually do when we're like emptying out a classroom or what we should do, I have sometimes just take a picture of the classroom so we know where everything went. Because then we're trying to put a room back together and we're going, did this go here or did it go over there? And my wife works with me up there at the school and you know how sometimes husbands and wives work together. We'll be sitting there kind of bickering back and forth about where this went and I think some of the people are kind of going, would you two just shut up and you know reach a conclusion and be done with it? And leave us alone. I know uh, recently when we painted a room here in the house, 
I took pictures of where all the pictures were on the wall, <laughs> so I remember where to hang stuff back because I knew I'd never get it back in the same place again. Well, yeah, and I kind of have that. And like I say, I shouldn't be doing this more often because I do kind of have that. Oh yeah, I'll remember where that stuff went. And then you get to the point where it's time to do it, and it's like, um, I um, um, hmm, I think it was no, you know. Then you read, and then it's kind of like, oh crap, I should have just you know not been so prideful and just taken the pictures and been done with it. You know what's worse than that is I'll go, I'll have a project. But I know I can't complete the project, say, this coming this weekend, but I'm at the hardware store, so I say, okay, I'm going to get all the parts since I'm already here at the hardware store for what I am going to do this weekend and the project I'm going to do next weekend, or maybe two weeks from now. Well, you don't know how many times I find bags of parts for stuff I bought thinking I was going to do it two or three weeks, and I'm going, oh, crap, I never did that. You know, I got brand new parts that are... And I look at the receipt, and the receipt's from six months, nine months, a year ago. I'm going, oh, crap on a cracker. You're doing better than I do. At least you buy the parts. Uh, I'll stick to the confessional here. The um, hot water up in the bathroom upstairs, uh, it was dripping, so we just got shutoff valves underneath. So I turned that off, and I need to go get the stuff to fix it. And it's been like that way for about a month, two um, and, of course, you, you develop this convenient uh, forgetfulness that is kind of like when it's time to do it, darn, I forgot. And then when you're somewhere else and you can't get to it, then you will remember it. And, then, oh, yeah, I'll remember that when I get home and we'll take care. Yeah, it doesn't happen that way. So I don't know if that's a matter of age or just a really bad head I've picked up. But it's, it's the convenient memory thing where when, it's, when you have time to do it, it's just amazing how your memory will go blank on you. Well, it's it's my wife calls it selective memory because she says I forget to do the stuff that she really wants me to do and only remember the stuff I want to do. But it, you know the other thing, and I've told her this before, she goes in to clean the bathroom, and I have for when I get up in the morning, I have all my stuff set just in a certain place. Otherwise, I'll I'll walk out the door and folks, I've never done this. Well, I won't say I've never done it yet. Uh, I'll forget to put deodorant on. I'll forget to put my cologne on. You know, I'll forget my watch. If stuff isn't left exactly where it needs to be, I will go out the door. I've even locked myself out of the house because somebody moved my keys. If stuff's not exactly where it was when I laid it out so I can do the same thing every day as I walk out the door. Yeah, and we've solved that problem by, we have an upstairs bathroom and a downstairs bathroom. So the downstairs bathroom is down here by Nerdvana, or the Nerdverse, as I like to call my little uh, hidey hole down here. And so this is my bathroom, so I got everything laid out. Yeah, and I mean, I could you could probably blindfold me, and I could go through my morning routine, because I walk, because I don't turn the lights on in the morning when I do get up, because I get up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work, so I don't... Uh, well, during the summer, like some of my wife works with me, it's a different story. But during the wintertime, then it's, she uh, doesn't work at the high school with us. So I get up in the morning, I don't turn lights on, and I can walk in there. It's dark. I can reach into the dish drainer because I know exactly where my glass is going to be in there from when my wife washed it the night before. I've got her trained well, too. So I can reach to the exact spot in the dish drainer, grab my glass, 
put it down on the counter, walk over to the refrigerator, get my juice out, pour that, get the breakfast bar out of the cupboard, eat that because it's everything is where it's supposed to be. And then I go downstairs and I go through my morning routine. Yeah, you you know, you brush your teeth, you know, whatever other, you know, really important things you need to be doing down there in the bathroom. And I same way, I've got my routine and then before I, you know, walk out the door my uh, right hand goes down here. Yep, I got the keys for the school. Got my wallet. Got my credit cards back here. Got my car key. Yeah, I go through the whole routine, and it's just this whole. You know, if anything changes, God help us all, because I actually have to remember something, and you know, the whole universe could be out of sync if I don't, you know, follow my routine, and I actually have to think of something. Well, I'll, I'll confess to something here, and I know the listeners are going to laugh. I actually have either in my backpack that I carry my laptop and stuff to work in and my other assorted things I carry back and forth every day. Um, I have extras of certain items. I'm not going to say which items they are that I have at different times walked out of the house without. And I have some a few personal toiletries that I do keep at work. Um, and I'm not the only one that does this, I found out, too. I thought I was some sort of freaking weirdo, but because I, <laughs> I work so far from home. I'm 45 miles from home when I'm at work, so it's not like I can just turn around and pop back home to do something. So I have a certain amount of those, and there are certain items that I have walked out of the house and forgot. So I keep one of each of those items that are most important to me, save I be embarrassed, and have them in my in my backpack so I get to work and go hmm I didn't do something this morning and I can take care of it right then yeah see I'm lucky I'm only about six blocks from work so it's a quick trip home if I do forget something and I have forgotten things it's probably not essential you know in my world essential everyone else will tell me I'm nuts but like I may have forgotten my bluetooth headset for um uh, listening because I listen to my iPod while I'm at work there when there's no people around. So I always have my uh, Bluetooth earphones. And I, one morning I forgot them or something, or left my. I guess maybe I left my iPod on the counter on the desk before I walked out the door. So I had to run back and get that because I mean to me that's essential part of my my work day or whatever. But uh, I have forgotten things like that. So it's not a it's a quick trip home for me to get it. But yeah, I have that that routine that I go through every morning and. Um, and my son will, he, he says, you know, I, he forgets things or something like that. I said, you just got to develop a routine and, and, you know, stick with it before you walk out the door. Pat yourself down. Make sure you got everything. It looks a little funny when you're standing there patting yourself down, but it works. As long as your hands don't go certain places, you're okay. But, uh, yeah. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have once again referenced other parts of our anatomy that we shouldn't, but we won't go any further. Nope. So, um, so talking about so I think we've talked enough about the tech that we use as being past our 18th birthday. Um, I've recently had an experience with uh, a family member, my mother. I know she doesn't listen to the show. God love her. I do love her. I appreciate everything she's done for me my entire life. But she's aging. My mother is 85 years old, and she is technologically challenged as she's aged. She doesn't want to learn how to use new things. And recently, the cable company here in the area uh, required that you could no longer get cable service without having a cable box. So, and then they changed the channel lineup, and I won't even go down that path about they changed the channel lineup, and that was my fault somehow. I'm not really sure how it was my fault, but it was. Uh, 
So anyway, I got her I got her the cable box. I installed it. I hooked it up. I did all the stuff just like a good son should. And the remote that it came with, it I set it up to make it easy for her. There's a button that says all on. You hit that, it turns the cable box and it turns the TV on. Simple enough. Well, she's had that cable box since uh, whenever Comcast made her change over. I can't remember when that was. I think it was earlier this year, if memory serves me correctly. And God love her, she will get the TV out of sync. In other words, she'll hit the all on button, and then she either hits the off button, there is a separate one on the remote, for the cable box or the TV and turns one off. So then she hits the all on button, so whatever's off comes on and whatever on goes off. So what you see is you'll see this picture flash on the television for a second as it's either coming on or going off, as, or as the cable box coming on, and it drives her up her wall. So then I dutifully have to get in my car, drive all the way across town, and it's, but it, it takes me five seconds to fix it. I've tried to tell her how to fix it. She doesn't, she doesn't want to know. She wants me to do it. It's like, really, I have to drive 10 miles back and forth across town, or actually, I guess, technically, it's about 6 miles, not 10. Uh, and it, by the time I get through all the traffic lights and, and everything like that to show her how to do this, it's like, Mom, please, just learn how to work the freaking remote. I had to take all the other remotes away from her because she'd pick one up and just start pressing buttons until something happened. And that wasn't working out because that was causing me no end of stuff. But I and, and God bless her. I, I, I like I say I, I love my mother to death, but she is really a technophobe. I've tried to get her to use. Uh, uh, I bought her a DVD player, and because when my kids have concerts and stuff at school, I record them. Well, you know I can burn a DVD. We have iMovie. We can burn a DVD. I can't get her to watch the DVDs. She wants to wait till she's over here at the house with us to watch them. Well, by then, the kids have seen the damn thing three or four times anyway with other family members. So I bought her the DVD. She won't watch the DVDs. She doesn't want to learn. She said it's too hard to use the DVD player. She won't use the VHS player. I bought her I don't know how many years ago, back when VHS was something. I thought, because she complained there was nothing on television. So we bought her movies and bought her a player. Well, I never watch it unless you're here. It's like, Really? Really? I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to do things. and Oh, it's just so frustrating. Do you ever run into that type of thing, Mike, with some of the older members of your family or older friends? Yeah. Um, my mom had that problem. Um, you know, she passed away a, a year ago, but even then, because she was in her early 90s at that point, yeah, we'd go down, and it's the same way here uh, in town. We've got, uh, it's a cable box, and got the one remote that controls them both. Now it doesn't. The cable box is on all the time, so the on and off thing wasn't an issue. But the these remotes are old. I mean, they've had this system for about ten years now. They put it in shortly after we moved from the farm in the town here, so that's about ten years ago. So they switched over to this, and so the remotes um, it all works by radio frequency. It's not infrared. So um, the button sometimes you have to push a little harder. Um, to get it to register or to notice that you're pressing a button. And she had uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so it was kind of hard for the press buttons anyway. And when she first moved to town, she had just a basic cable 
package, which around here, the, the very basic was just local channels and uh, one or two others thrown in. And she had this money, and she I know she liked to watch the food channel, so I said, Mom, why don't we get you the bigger cable package and watch this? Well, okay, well, and then... Well, she couldn't find them because it has this menuing system that if you don't know the channel number, you got to go, go through the menus, and it's a lot of flipping, and she didn't want to do it. So I sat down and I wrote down all the channel numbers for this stuff, and all you got to do is press these numbers, and the channel will pop up. Well, that didn't quite work because maybe one of the numbers wouldn't register, so instead of going to 136, maybe she went to 13 or something like that. And it just got confusing for her to try and use that. And then you were talking about the the DVD. She had a VHS um, player, uh, and she had some videotapes, and she would watch them well, on the farm. She would watch them because it was all pretty simple. She didn't have cable. It was just all through an antenna, and you just put in the uh, – change the TV channel to the uh, – uh, v- for the video recorder, and you put the tape, and you play it. That she could handle, but here – the uh, with the cable box, the TV had to be on a specific channel. I think either channel four, seven, or thirteen. Well, the v- uh, videotape had to be on the uh, channel three. I think it was. So she'd have to, and we kind of hid the uh, TV remote because she'd be trying to change the channels on the TV and would mess up the whole scheme there. So then, it, when she wanted to watch the the uh, VHS, then she'd have to get out the TV remote and then change it to that. And then she wouldn't have any cable TV because she wouldn't realize she had two remotes there. Two is confusing. One is bad enough. Two is confusing. And so she wouldn't know which one to try and use to get it back to where. And you know, and to us, I mean, this seems really simple. But you know, realizing that she literally grew up with horse and buggies and on down the line, she the the technical stuff just didn't quite register with her. And it, and sometimes, yeah, I know what you mean. And it, it, this is a small town, only like twelve hundred people, so it's only a couple minutes drive or even a couple minutes walk down to her place, but. Had to go down there, and like I said, it was a five second. Just do this. Oh, is that what that? You know, and it was really something. Even though it seemed simple to us, it was just she couldn't. It didn't register with her. Yeah, it. It. it I don't understand. It, it, it. What gets me is, is God bless her. She'll ask me for an explanation. I'll go through the whole explanation about what I'm doing to fix it. I will show her the buttons. I'll show her what I'm p- pointing to, because I got accused of. Oh, you're doing it too fast. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, I'm all right with teaching you what I did. So here's what I did. I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Okay, I understand. What'd you do? No. (laughs) I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Okay, I'll remember that next time. And sure as shit, you know, next time. Kevin? (laughs) Well, and... We have an older neighbor right next door here. She's the one that I flashed the, the BIOS on her sewing on her uh, sewing machine, her embroidery machine. And I go over there and help her. And she's, I, I think, in her 70s, somewhere in there. And uh, she takes notes. But, you know, it's the literal notes of go down here to the start menu. And, you, and it, it's Windows, you know, so this is a layer of complexity that didn't need to be there. But it, Windows is the only thing that will run the software for her machine so but it'll be okay click on the start menu and then you go up here and she's writing notes on all this stuff and at least she does take notes and you know and she gets it pretty good but um she um 
you know, once in a while she'll call me up and, you know, like I say, I, I, uh, she's a nice person, but I do love telling the story because she called me up one day and said, Mike, you got to come over and help me. Every time I open up Firefox, it plays the Lord's Prayer. I'm sitting there going, well, now if you were opening up Internet Explorer, this might actually make sense. Uh, that might actually be a good thing. But I went over there and I opened up Firefox and then I started counting and she had 73 tabs across the top of the browser open. And I sat there and I counted them as I closed them. She had 73. And one of them was some email that somebody had sent her uh, to go to this. And it was one of those little you know, graphic things with music playing, inspirational type. It was all well and good, but you know, it sucked up processor uh, cycles. And so the machine is just running slow and it's playing you know, the Lord's Prayer. And I just thought there was something really humorous about it doing that. But I sat there and closed and I'm kind of going, um, okay, She's really nice, and she rewards me financially for running next door. So I'm, you know, I like her, and I'm, you know, and everything. But it's kind of okay. That little X up there at the top that closes the tab, and close your tabs as you go along. And that was the point when I started thinking about there's got to be you know an OS for old people. That's just. <laughs> uh, you know, we're kind of back to the older tech stuff again. But yeah, it's yeah for senior says just. And maybe, you know, uh, iPad, but, you know, again, it won't do what she wants to do, but maybe the iPad is pretty simple. You click on this and, you know, it, it, and maybe that is, well, they say it, uh, you can give it to like a, a toddler and they can, they can figure it out right away. So maybe it's that kind of interface that is the thing, but I'm just sitting there going, what can I do uh, to, you know, keep this kind of stuff from happening? Or she'll like open up, well, before they had, when they had dial-up. She'd open up to log in and type in her password, but the password is already saved there. So she probably had about 10 versions of her password because she keeps trying to log in. So she had like, I don't know, 300 characters in the login, uh, the password section there. And it's just those simple things. Yeah, it takes you about 10 seconds. And at this point, I've kind of figured out, okay, I think I know what the problem probably is. I haven't figured out probably before I go over there. But it's just those really simple things to us that make sense, but they just can't, you know quite get it and it's frustrating yeah well you know i've tried for years i've had uh computers i was willing to give my mother so that she could could email with uh her her other grandchildren with my my siblings and stuff like that she wouldn't do it but oddly enough uh not long after i got my ipad i let her use it one time for a little while she was over here at the house i she said asked me what it was and i showed her she actually liked the iPad. I said, would you like me to get you one? No, I don't want one. I said, well, but you like using it. You could actually get pictures of your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and everything. I mean, this would be a boon to you instead of you coming over to the house and wanting me to print off all these pictures on paper to hand to you. And then I said, why not just look at them this way? No, that wasn't good, so... I, I don't know. I, I've given up at this point. I try not to lose my temper or become... I don't lose my temper. I shouldn't say that. I try not to be short with her when she has problems like this, but sometimes, I, I you know, maybe it's being a geek. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, I think it's something like that because I either think, well, sometimes it makes me feel like it's kind of a left-handed uh, ego boost because, you know, I'm so smart I can figure this out. You know, it's not quite that. It's just that it's we get it because we eat, sleep, and breathe it. It's all natural. I think it's the way our brains are wired. And the normal people out there kind of look at it and, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to them because it's not their 
and life, for a lot of us, it's kind of lifestyle as much as anything. And for people who don't do that, who do things, you know, in an analog type way, maybe if you want to put it that, way, it just doesn't make sense. And and maybe that's why the iPad is a little easier because it's like you see the picture, you know, click on, push on the button for mail or you know, on the little icon for mail or whatever. You know, maybe it's the touch interface that makes a little bit more sense than the. There's a disconnect between moving your mouse and moving the cursor and trying to do make everything click. I don't know. Maybe it, for them it just doesn't doesn't work. I don't know. But you know, you were talking about trying to get pictures for the uh, for the, the grandparents to see. It reminded me. Of, I forget how long ago it was, but it, obviously this was an idea come up with by a printer company that you would uh, take this printer and that's all it was was a printer and you hooked it up to your phone line at the grandparents' place, and then you could email them pictures and photos and emails. And this sounds like something cooked up by a printer company because they're going to sell printer and they're going to sell their ink that's more expensive than champagne. And this is how grandma and grandpa is going to get this stuff. Um, obviously, that didn't catch No, I remember that. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Every, if you sent them an email, it printed, it was kind of a combination fax printer type of thing. Everything came out of the printer so that they could then read it in the analog fashion. So yeah, I remember that 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 was a good attempt at something that failed miserably because you still had to have internet service and you had to have decent internet service that was somewhat available even if it was dial up sitting there ready to receive something. So yeah, it was it, you're right, it was a completely failed idea, but it was an attempt to cross that bridge. Good until either the paper ran out or the ink ran out. You'd still have to go over there, but maybe that was the idea. Maybe get you to visit your grandparents once in a while, or your parents. We should all do that more. Well, let's move off the topic of uh, old farts and old tech or technology for uh, those of us past the age of eighteen, um, and talk a little bit about some new television shows that uh, we've discovered, or in Mike's case, some of his favorite shows. I'll have to tell you, there's a new show that my family and I have started watching. I'm not really sure how we got on to watching it, but it's one of those things that as you're flipping through, you catch a little bit of it, and you go, what is this? And you start to watch it more and more, and I, my whole family, my wife and all my kids, we're addicted to it. We will sit down and watch it. It's on Animal Planet, and it's called The Turtle Man. Here is this poor guy. He's in Kentucky. And he he does, if somebody calls and thinks they've got an animal problem, like uh, possums in their attic or raccoons in their attic or, you know, they got a snapping turtle, which is his real big thing, in their family pond or, you know, whatever it is, he will go out and catch these critters and then relocate them for you. And he charges almost nothing. And poor old boy, if he doesn't look like something straight out of the hills of the of nowhere i mean he's got no, no front teeth and he tells the story how he lost his front teeth which i still can't believe but his he'll, he'll get all excited when he catches one of these animals and when he gets done he'll go now that's some live action there for you that's a live action shot it is just hilarious this guy is absolutely hilarious uh he tells the story about how he lost his teeth he was using a chainsaw and the chainsaw kicked up and hit him in the mouth and then got caught in his ponytail that he used to have or something like that and peeled back and went under his scalp. 
and it knocked his teeth out as it hit his face and went up the side of his face. And poor guy, he's got a big old scar going on the side of his head. But if you go to Animal Planet, and I think it's animalplanet.com slash turtle man, you can see this guy. And he's, we'll put a link in the show notes. He's, he's interesting and it's entertaining if nothing else. Cause he'll, he'll be riding along someplace and he'll see some poor animal in a creek and he'll get, he'll jump out of his truck, run over and jump in the creek and, you know, clothing and all and grab this animal to rescue it. And it's just amazing. It, it, it's entertaining. The guy's got a, a heart the size of Texas, you know, good hearted, good natured kind of guy you want to be your friend, but some of the wild stuff he gets into and some of the friends that he has and. He was chasing skunks on one episode, and they were spraying him. He was getting them out from underneath the trailer, and he'd go to catch one every time he'd about to throw the sack over. These skunks would spray him in the face, and oh my god, the stuff he's done! Yeah, well, in the skunk spraying part, I mean, out in the farm once, a skunk wandered up in the yard, and I was getting the gun to try and shoot it because we're not quite as uh, tolerant of skunks around there, and the that dog got sprayed by him. And that dog did not sneak up on me for a week because I would just sit there and go, yep, dog's behind me. <laughs> um, but for him to sit there and multiple, one shot, and I would be out of there. If he's getting it several times, the guy is uh, perseveres. Yeah, he, he did say towards the end it got so bad he couldn't breathe and he was so far away from the entrance point to the crawl space under the mobile home, I guess it was, or... And that he eventually just busted through the underpinning on the mobile home to get out and get to the fresh air. He said because he couldn't breathe and he didn't think he could make it back over to where he was. I'm having this picture of the Incredible Hulk coming through the floor going, Hulk smash floor, breathe fresh air. Uh, that's a bad, the first time I would get, and this is in a crawl space and he's getting sprayed by, oh, this is just, yeah. I, I would be clawing through the floor after the first one, let alone after several well at the end of that show i think it was that one he took a bath and tomatoes and everything else and and what does he have for a bathtub outside a giant plastic storage tote and here they show this poor old boy coming out with a towel wrapped around him and he get you know they they're discreet about how they show it and he sits down and he's scrubbing himself with the tomatoes and everything else he's mixed into this stuff to wash the smell off yeah, he sounds like a good old redneck kind of boy because you said the uh, the bathtub was outside. Well, bathtub being a big plastic. Tote. Tote. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. This sounds like a, let's call him resourceful. Um, yeah, but yeah, he does sound like one of those colorful uh, characters that uh, you know. And I think every town's kind of got one to one degree or another. But yeah, and this does, and it sounds like it's a, a family friendly thing where the kids can sit down and watch a, a colorful character without him being too uh, colorful. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, he never. I don't think I've ever heard him utter a a, a foul word at all. And but he'll dive in there and he'll just wrestle with turtles and snakes and possums and skunks and raccoons and he chased a wild horse through a field the other day and uh, you know he go he'll go after bears and bobcats and and he pinned himself in the car in an old car, abandoned car the other day with a raccoon. Now you talk about in a small space with a, a mean and you know they can be mean. Oh, yeah. Between that and badgers, I don't know which I would be more afraid of, because you get a coon cornered. Uh, 
they're they're gonna come after you. So he's either brave or well, I don't want to say stupid, um, but uh, questionable um, yeah, IQ. Well, I, I like I say I would encourage the listeners if, if at the very least to go over to animalplanet.com slash turtle man and they have deleted scenes. Or if you get a chance on Animal Planet, watch the show. It's very entertaining. It's very family friendly. Um, a lot more so than uh, some of the other shows that I've talked about that I've recommended here uh, in in the past. So give it a look. Let us know your feedback and see what you think. And you had a couple shows you wanted to talk about, Mike, that were new favorites. Yeah, well, they're not new, but they're returning favorites. There's a couple shows on the Sci-Fi Channel that I like to watch. Uh, and they just had their premieres last night. You actually messaged me just before they were to start. And I, I said, good thing you were trying to uh, get a hold of me, because once they come on, I, I tune out the world. One of them is uh, Warehouse 13, um, and that's kind of um, – I like that one for several reasons. First of all, the premise is, is that there's these um, – they call them artifacts, different objects in the world that have – absorbed special qualities that can be used for good or bad, but they're so dangerous that they need to be stored in these warehouses that have been uh, set up throughout history. And so they're to the 13th warehouse, and this happens to be in the Badlands of South Dakota, my home state here, that I'm very proud of. And just and I, I would really, really like to know if there is a writer on that show that's from South Dakota, because they make references. It's just not like they mentioned South Dakota. It's in the fictional town of Univille. There's no Univille Hill but here, but they do uh, reference Rapid City. Last night they mentioned uh, USD, University of South Dakota. i got to see if there's a USD campus in Rapid City, because that's down in Vermilion, the other end of the state. But they make all these references to the state of South Dakota in that show. Um, and so that's one reason I like it. And then, like I say, just the kind of the sci-fi uh, aspect of it, that uh, that th- things and time can be altered just by certain things. And then the other show that was on last night was, uh, it's called Alphas. Uh, the premise being that there are people out there with special powers and special talents that, uh, that the world doesn't know about yet. Uh, kind of this super uh, human superhero type thing, but not all of them are you know necessarily good people. And there's five uh, core people uh, that they, the special force that goes around to try to maintain, corral, uh, capture these uh, alphas that go wild and start wreaking havoc. And one of the characters in there, um, he's a, uh, a high functioning autistic, but his special talent is is that uh, he can mentally tune into radio waves, internet signals. Um, he's just kind of like a human uh, internet portal or whatever you want to call it. And I find that one fascinating because my oldest son is a, a high-functioning autistic. So any uh, TV show that has you know that in it, they've kind of got me hooked already, and I'll watch it anyway. But I do like the way that the, these people are portrayed, you know, especially the... Um, the the the, the uh, autistic uh, guy because he does have all the quirks and stuff but they show him as being human and um, you know I think it's a realistic uh, fairly realistic portrayal of somebody with autism but you know then he's got the special powers that go on top of it so I think it's you know an interesting mix and all the others with their special talents and the things that they go through but those were the two that was on last night and they're back for Alpha's back for its second season I think Warehouse. 13 is for its third or fourth. I can't remember, but those are, uh, you know, two of the shows that I like to watch right now. 
there you go, listeners. We've given you three great shows. You know, that's at least two and a half hours worth of solid viewing entertainment to keep you out of trouble and maybe even act like you're spending time with the family, if, if so be it. So, well, I think that's uh, going to wrap it up for us this week. We want to thank everybody for listening to the show and downloading the show. And, uh, Mike, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you again? Yeah be found at uh, I'm I'm DSC Chipman on uh, Twitter and I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak that's with two E's yeah don't use three E's it's a wholly different guy and he, he's, he works for the uh, 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 movie studio out in California so don't look at that one so uh, but the listeners can find me you can find me on Twitter uh, at twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or if you go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, and that's with two L's, like Mike has two E's, uh, you can find the other stuff that I do. And if I ever get around to updating my blog, then uh, you'll find new entries there for it, too. Uh, you can find more about the show if you want to give us comments or feedback. Go over to thegeekiestshowever.com, and we gladly accept those. And you never know, you, much like Mike, could end up as a guest on the show one week. So between now and then, we want to thank you again for downloading and listening, and we all wish Mark well and hope he gets off this sickness merry-go-round. And between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert. John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't... Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at PocketSizedPodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. <laughs>